I thought it was actually the microphone. Hi. If I lose my breath, I'm sorry. I'm a little under the weather today, uh, but I'm so happy to be here with you all. We actually have two passages to read for scripture today, today, and my son is actually going to help me with one of these so I don't have to not conserve my voice. Is this the microphone? Is it on? All right. Hit the power button. Okay. The power button. All right. Jacob, uh, come here. Can you help me, please, so Daddy doesn't have to read all the time? Is it on? Hit the mute. Okay, there we go. Here. Can you help Daddy? Here, take your mask off. Okay. All right. Uh, select. Oh. Yeah, I turned it on. It has a red light and no battery. Ooh. Uh-oh. This, this one? Okay, good. All right. Can you come here and help me? All right. Does that work? Um. Yeah, okay. Okay, can you read Psalm 2 for everyone? Don't you remember when... Don't you remember yesterday night we read that song? Yeah, so I thought you could read it again for me. Why are the nations in an uproar? How do I pronounce that? Uproar. Uproar. In the people's devising a vain thing, the kings of the earth take their stand, and the rulers took take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. Let us tear their fetters apart. Um, I forgot where I was. Oh, yes. At, and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. He, then he will speak to them with... <gasps> He will speak to them in his anger and terrify them in his fury. But as for me, I have stung my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you so much. You can go sit down. Yes, my son decided he wanted to start reading the book of Psalms, so we went over there. Uh, he really enjoyed how the book of Psalm, how this psalm ends. Do you, do you remember how this psalm ends? Kiss, who do we kiss? Yeah, kiss the son, lest he become angry and you perish in the way. For his wrath will soon be what? How do you start a fire? Remember that word we learned yesterday? Kindled, yes, for his wrath will soon be kindled. How blessed are all who do what, Jacob? Take. Remember the people in Iraq that have to camp all the time? Take. Starts with an R. Refuge in him. Refuge, yes. Refuge in him. Very good. Yes. Why do the nations rage? And the, and the nations plot in vain. Man, I don't know about you, but that's my favorite psalm. Who, I mean, it's kind of mean, isn't it? 
I love it. It's my favorite psalm, I'm not going to lie. And, uh, you know, if there was ever a picture of the nations raging and the people plotting in vain against the Lord and his anointed, against the Lord and his Christ, against the Lord and his Messiah, it is here uh, in chapter 2 with King Herod, starting on verse 213. The flight from Egypt. Now, when they had departed, who is they? The wise men. So when the wise men had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. And he arose and took the child and his mother by night, and departed for Egypt. And was there until the death of Herod, that was spoken of by the Lord through the prophets, saying, Out of Egypt I have called my sons. Well, we have Herod doing some raging and plotting in vain against the Lord and his Christ. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the Magi, he became very enraged and sent and slew all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its environs from two years old and under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the Magi. Then that which was spoken of by the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and she refused to be comforted, because they were no more. When Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. And he arose and took the child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. But when he had heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, he departed for the regions of Galilee and came and resided in a city called Nazareth that was spoken of through the prophet so that what was spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled, saying, he shall be called a Nazarene. Dear Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your Christ. And uh, we just pray for your grace. Have mercy on us, Lord Jesus, so that we do not be like the nations and like the kings and rage against your Christ and rage against your Lord, and your King. In your name, Jesus, amen. Well, there is ever a time for a feel-good message. It's on Christmas. Yes, uh, especially this year. This has been a long year for a lot of people all over the world in a lot of nations, not just our nation, uh, but for a lot of nations, uh, and for a lot of people, and not just the nations and our nation, but actually just people's lives. Economies have been rattled, jobs have been rattled, jobs of people have had to transition. Uh, I don't know about you, but if like I worked in person all my life, even if I didn't lose my job, having to transition to online learning or online teaching or online babysitting, 
whatever the case may be at your school with your child and your home situation, whatever it is, uh, that's just, that, that's a really hard transition. And sometimes some kids stayed home, so it felt like half the time I was teaching in person and then I was responsible to teach online too. It's like parents and schools were getting a two-for-one special on my time and labor and energy. Uh, someone understands, yes. You're lucky, Dixie. Dixie, where'd Dixie go? You, you dodged a bullet, man, seriously. This COVID teaching is a whole other thing. Uh, but uh, that's why you don't have Christmas cards this year. I apologize. Just thought I'd throw that in there. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> no, uh, this story about Herod, uh, man, gosh, killing all the babies. I think it's easy on Christmas time to read this story or just read the Bible and kind of miss where we as the uh, reader should put ourselves in the story. I mean, I love that the Bible is in stories, but sometimes we put ourselves in the wrong spot. Uh, like, I mean, I really hate these sermons about David and Goliath where the pastor invites, or just the reader, person reading the Bible, or the pastor explaining the Bible, allegedly, invites the uh, the audience to put themselves in the position of David and then believe in this feel-good message that God's going to help you kill the giants in your lives, too. Uh, that's not what that story is about, you know. Uh, or, sorry, <laughs> no, hate to be a downer on Christmas, but no. And it's very scary to read the Bible that way because uh, you start thinking God's on your side. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of weird, like, uh, you know, we read these, we quote these wonderful passages in Jeremiah, and God has a plan for our lives, you know, and we forget the Colosseum in Rome. God had a plan for all those Christians' lives, too. I don't think it ended up how they were hoping. Uh, you know, yeah, God does have a plan for our lives. Uh, it is to bear witness to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yes, and... Um, Whenever you're around our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, or bearing witness about him, bad things just seem to happen because the kingdoms, because the kings of this earth, uh, what, the nations rage and the kings plot in vain against the Lord and his Christ. And here we have a king plotting in vain against the Lord and his Christ, King Herod. And he uh, went on a little killing spree and didn't get Jesus, but people around Jesus sure got picked off. You know, the grenade caught every other little boy born in uh, born in Bethlehem around that time. Uh, you know, and that's the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violence take it by force. Or sorry, and the violent take it by force, uh, as King Herod shows us. Uh, and uh, it's just, it's a very uh, fascinating uh, thing to see how the kingdoms of light and the kingdoms of darkness were warring <laughs> against Jesus and against the against the Lord and his Christ, even at this time. But I do have a thought experiment that I'm trying to do uh, this Christmas. I know it sounds crazy, but uh, I'm trying to imagine myself. When I read this story, I don't want to imagine myself as Jesus or as Joseph or as Mary. Uh, let's just put ourselves in uh, King Herod's shoes, okay? Because if I were the author, if I were Matthew and or God writing the story, where I would expect my reader to read it, to, to imagine themselves, is in the position of Herod. 
I mean, Herod was a king. He had clean water to drink every day. He probably ate meat twice a week. Okay, he probably got to take baths whenever he wanted. Probably not as much as we would prefer, but, you know, whenever he thought he was due. Uh, he lived like a king, and I honestly think, I mean, even kings of 200 to 150 years ago would be incredibly envious of the way we live today. You know, so when it mentions kings, we are the kings. Did you know that if you make over 30,000 in America today, you're part of the 1% of the world right now? As far as rich, you are the one rich 1%. Yeah, and that's just right now. Imagine what part of the percentage you are of as, as a human being for all humans at all times. Uh, we've hit the jackpot as far as uh, food, clothing, water, and our conveniences and our bare necessities go. And we kind of are, we all live, literally live like kings, and the way our society has become so individualized, with even before the metaverse, even before Facebook, we, a lot of us don't even have to deal with people we don't like. Who doesn't have to deal with people they don't like? Isn't that the best part of being a king? You have your own little empire, you know? I mean, if you can actually do filters and algorithms to where any of your Facebook friends that say something you don't like, you can unfollow them. Uh, what? Slide, is it, what is it, slide left, slide right? I don't know. I think, I think it's slide left. I'm not quite sure, though. I don't really use it. Uh, but but uh, we can make it so our own world is our own little echo chamber, our own little empire of what we like to see, what we like to think, what we like to feel with like-minded little chieftains. And we all have our wonderful little individual lives, which is a amazing way to exist that is absolutely unprecedented in human existence. In previous years, only kings got to pretend to live like this. And like any king, King Herod, uh, he was a descendant of Esau from Esau's tribe. He was, an, he was an Idumean who had converted to Judaism. So he was a descendant of Esau who had converted to Judaism and married into the Jewish royal family or the Jewish priestly family of the Maccabees to get the crown conveniently, but, and then he built a giant temple to convince everyone how Jewish he was. Uh, when his people lost, Rome drove them out into the desert, uh, and they kind of mixed in with the Arabs and became nomadic Arab tribes. They kind of mixed in with the descendants of Ishmael, uh, you know, and their descendants live in Arabia today. Uh, but uh, how would you feel if you were the king, if your whole king in your whole universe and everything you carefully maneuvered to be just the way it was with your lawn and your house and your desk and your books and your office, and you had your computer set up perfectly and it worked with the printer, and then, don't ask me how I know this, and you'd actually managed to crack into your church email and everything, and everything was perfect, and then your phone broke, and you couldn't do that stuff anymore. You would be furious because you'd lose all your passwords and your auto logins and your access. You'd be mad. Well, imagine if you heard that this little baby was born to replace you and to take your job, take your spot on the team. I mean, how do, how do star quarterbacks who are getting a little long in the tooth respond when some hot, young, stud, first-round draft pick is drafted? It never respond, they never respond well when there's that first rounder drafted. You know there's a problem. 
If they could have gone back in time and killed that little baby in the wound 22 years earlier, they would have. They absolutely would have. And uh, if raising beautiful children like mine that I love so much has taught me anything, it's that we are incredibly loved, and God makes that very clear. But we don't like it when God reminds us that as much as we're loved, that's half of, God, that's half of God's word. The other half is you can't just do what you want. Okay, and we get, when we get rewinded, re- reminded, or when he even rewinds us, that we can't just do whatever it is we want all the time, it feels like death itself. And we lash out and rebel and throw fits towards our boss at work, towards our colleagues, towards our spouses, towards our uh, children. It just, all of a sudden, people become obligations or limitations or things holding us down. Anything with a boundary is now a burden, as if our spouse was a burden or our kids were a burden or God was a burden or Jesus was a burden or Christianity was a burden with all its rules. Well, we feel like that when we're mad, we can't do what we want. When we forget how much God loves us and that he loves us for a reason and that those rules are to show us how to love, we start to misunderstand those rules for bad burdens. Like, remember when Daddy says you've looked at your screen too much and he wants to protect your eyes, so he takes your screen away? How do you feel? Does it feel like Daddy loves you, or does it feel like you're dying inside? Yes. So what do you do to Daddy when, you, when, he, when he takes away your screen and you want to keep doing research? How do you respond when Daddy takes away your screen? Yes, okay, you punched me. Yes, exactly what he does. He punches me, uh, which is exactly. Uh, and, you know, when God steps into King Herod's life and takes away his little king screen, you know, King Herod responds like any five-year-old uh, frying his brain on an iPad screen would. He tries to punch God. I'm sorry, you're six, yes. Okay. You're six, like any six-year-old would. And uh, the problem here is usually we can't, when God takes something away from us, we can't punch God because God's spirit and, up and in heaven. So usually Jesus isn't on earth for us to punch or kill or do whatever we could. Uh, but at this beautiful Christmas morning, this first Christmas, at the incarnation, The Son of Man became flesh. God became flesh. God became a real, live, honest-to-God human being. And Herod was just the first in the long line of people trying to do whatever they could to him when he got in their way and jeopardized their little kingdom, their little territory, their uh, little empire of dirt. Because we all have our own little empire of dirt, okay? And if sometimes our empire of dirt is a routine, who cannot be civil until they get their coffee in the morning or get anything done? Okay, yeah. In older generations, it may be who cannot do anything productive until they've walked out to the front porch, grabbed their newspaper, got inside with their coffee. And even if, so even if you had your coffee, if the paper boy missed it or threw it in the bushes, you're mad, you're frustrated, you're upset, your little territory and empire is threatened. And you can't just do what you want. And it's torturous. And King Herod is just responding how we all do and how we always have. But like 
any good cop show will tell you. Uh, motive is not enough to try to commit murder. You need motive and opportunity. I think there's a third thing, but I forget. Is it a plan? I don't know. Motive and opportunity. Herod actually had the opportunity, unique to Herod alone, to where the living God himself, the once and future king of all time, was born as a harmless child, helpless child of a peasant woman in his territory. Oh, you have a question, Brody? What is it? You want me to do that? Okay. Come on up, Brody. Come on up. Mm. Hey. How are you? Good. All right. Hey, pound it. Pound it. Boom. Okay. So, how has your Christmas vacation been so far? Uh, good. Good. Who have you been with? Oh, I see them. I see them right there. And uh, do you know what's great about my grandparents when I was a kid? What? Sometimes they would let me do things at their house that I wasn't allowed to do at my father's house or my mom's house. Are your parents like that? Uh, I mean, are, are your grandparents like that? Oh, they're not? Okay, see, when I was a kid, I couldn't have candy before I ate my dinner. But at grandma's house, she gave me candy before dinner. That's what I mean, stuff like that. And at my house, my mom wouldn't let me eat hot dogs because she said they were unhealthy. But my grandma would let me eat hot dogs every day. Do you have anything? Did, do your grandparents do anything like that? You mean what your mom does? What your mom doesn't do, but your grandparents do. Do they take you places that your mom doesn't? Do they buy you things your mom doesn't? Uh, nope. Oh. They'll buy me things that, that my mom doesn't. Oh, they don't? Okay. Do they buy your thing? Do they buy you things your mom does? That's very good of them. Because she has a machine with her. Oh, she does. It sucks up all the bad blood. Oh, and then puts in. Oh, and then cleans it out and puts in. And then cleans the blood out to make it good blood. Mm, no, it just sucks it. Just sucks it out. Yeah. Mm. How? Oh, wow. How often does? How many? How often does she have to do that? But your grandma and grandpa, they love your mom, right? Mm -hmm. And they love you too, right? Mm -hmm. Do they play games with you? My grandma does puzzles with me. Oh, I do puzzles with my son too sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I can find my own. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wow. And I used to do one that's 200 pieces. No way. 200 pieces? Yes, Jacob, 200 full pieces. That's a big puzzle. And guess what? And my mom gave my grandma a, a puzzle with 1,000. 
Whoa, I've never done a 1,000 piece yeah, puzzle. There's a bunch of dogs. Oh, I bet. 48 pieces? Yeah. I see it. That is so cool. Mm. So, Brody, you know your parents love you and your grandparents love you, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, my parents love me, but sometimes my parents wouldn't let me do whatever I wanted, even though they love me. And maybe even because they loved me, they wouldn't let me do whatever I want. They wouldn't let me play in the street on my bike without a helmet. You know, and maybe that's because they loved what? They wouldn't let me go crazy on the bed. They wouldn't let me jump on the bed at all. Go crazy means jump on the bed. Yeah, but it's, and sometimes it's really hard for us humans. This is the point of my sermon. Sometimes it's really hard for us humans uh, when God sets limitations on us and doesn't let us do what we want. And sometimes when God sends Jesus into our life, we get scared when God sends Jesus into our world and our empire. We get scared because Jesus is the real boss. And sometimes we're so happy being the boss of ourselves that we get mad when God sends Jesus into our world. And that's what King Herod did wrong. He was so happy being his own boss that he didn't want to let Jesus be the boss. It's really sad when that happens. It's really sad when that happens. And even though we're not kings and even though we didn't try to kill Jesus ourselves, Brody, sometimes when we, when we get mad at Jesus for trying to be the boss in our lives, sometimes we get mad and try to be the boss ourselves, even though he's the boss, and we cause hurt and suffering and don't love people like we should. You know? How do I know Brody? Well, you can come sit next to us if you want. Oh, Brody is the grandson of uh, the Martins right there, remember? Yeah, you can come sit right here. Yes? Okay, hey man, you look up here. Hey, look up, Brody. Hey, you're not allowed to stand up fast and knock yourself out, okay? Because that would be bad. We can't have any stitches. Okay, don't hurt yourself, okay? He would probably need a slide. Yeah, he might need a slide. Yeah, he might need to slide on. You might need to slide on your butt off the steps. Not that we say butt at our house, because we're a pastor's family. I say gut. I say gut. Yeah, he said gut. You all just misheard. Okay, so. That's kind of the point of my sermon. Yeah, but, um, but sometimes my mom lets me do what I want to do, like play with my toys and watch videos on my phone. My oh, and that's good. That's fine. My teacher does not let me play. You're right. She and does. And I don't like Yeah, playing. you're right. Hey, and that's good. And Jesus lets us do what we want a lot of times, too. But sometimes Jesus asks us to love someone. Like, what if Jesus asked us to share our toys with our sister and we didn't want to? Then it would be hard to let Jesus be the boss, right? Or what if Jesus asked us to give our toys away to a different kid? <laughs> See, that would be hard. And that's what King Herod was mad about, is he wanted to stay and be king of all the Jews and be king of all Israel. And when Jesus came, he knew that he couldn't be king anymore if Jesus was still alive. And so he tried to kill him. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And when, yep. And about all of those, like, 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 like those two, mm -hmm. like those things right there, why did they have a book with it, like, like that one right there? Uh, I think it's getting a little old. I'm not quite sure. But here's the important thing I want you to go away with and understand, Brody, because we're almost done. Yeah, it does have a crack. I can see it. 
okay, is when Jesus is in your life, it's okay for him to be the boss, all right, mm -hmm. and love people, okay? Mm -hmm. All right, you can go back to your seat. Thanks, guys. And that was the children's message. Hey, children are the future. Ooh, and, oh, and it's a two-minute drill, folks. I can do it. I have no timeouts left. All right, but uh, my point today is uh, to remember that as much as we love the Christmas season, uh, Jesus coming to earth is a terrifying, world-changing, and life-changing event because now Jesus is the king of this earth, and he is the king of our world, and as Christians, he is the king of our lives. And the only part of us that doesn't like it, as C.S. Lewis says, is the part of us that isn't really human anyway. Uh, but I do invite you, when you're meditating on Christ's birth and his advent into our universe as the living God in human flesh, to remember that just because something feels uncomfortable or something you don't like it, uh, he has not fallen off the throne, and we must trust and obey and always exalt him in the throne of our hearts and put ourselves on the cross of our hearts and put him on the throne because that's what Christianity is all about. Yes, my son? Me too. I'm glad you do. All right. And that being said, if any of you want to think Christianity is the best religion like my son and myself and have not yet accepted Christianity, and more importantly accepted, I would actually be really sad if you just accepted Christianity as a cultural set of morals and attitudes and worldview and belief. If any one of you wants to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and acknowledge his kingship over, your little, over the little Judean kingdom in your heart, you are welcome to come down to this altar and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord, because he's coming to earth to take over anyway, uh, whether you want it or not, and upon anyone who he falls, will be, they will be crushed, and anyone who falls upon him will be shattered. So I invite you today, if you have not already, to humble yourself and receive Jesus' kingship into your life. The altar is open. The elders will be down here to receive you in prayer, and I will be too. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Jesus is Lord.